0: Welcome to Podcasting Stories, insights and interviews from people just like you, using podcasts to grow their business and share their message. Podcasting Stories is brought to you by Your Podcast Team, where having your own podcast is as easy as being a guest on ours. Find out more at YourPodcast.team. Now, here's your host, Dave Spray. Hi, this is David Spray, and welcome to another episode of Podcasting Stories. Today is a different type of uh, format because I do not have a guest today. Rather, I've been collecting questions over the last few months and thought this would be a great time to do a Q&A session. So I hope you enjoy this little different format. And uh, as always, let me know uh, your comments. So Q&A today. So question one. Uh, Dave, it seems like your podcast team and the Podcasting Stories podcast just came out of nowhere. Uh, what's the deal? Okay, so that's a great question. So I've interviewed dozens of guests for my original podcast, The Icy Disc Show. And what was interesting was that every single guest was so impressed that I had a podcast and they all indicated that they wished they had had a podcast. So I encouraged all of them to start a podcast. I told them it was awesome. And I also offered to be a resource, answer any questions or whatever. But interestingly enough, none of those guests actually launched a podcast. And I suspected that the reason no one launched was because of the inherent complexity of launching and maintaining a podcast. So being the, uh, entrepreneurial minded serial entrepreneur, I wondered if I created a podcast or a service to do the podcast for them, if that would make it more appealing. So rather than asking my family or friends what they thought of the idea, Uh, I took a page out of the playbook of Dan Sullivan, the founder of Strategic Coach. He recommends testing all new ideas on what he calls, quote, check writers before any further actions are taken. His theory is a lot of your ideas quickly fall apart under the light of day or the scrutiny of people who would actually pay you for it. So his theory is rather than spending a lot of time. Uh, developing a business and marketing material and everything else, and then testing it. He believes in testing right away on check writers. So on February 9th of 2021, I sent an email to three former guests asking them if they would be interested in having a podcast, if it was, quote, done for them. If all they had to do was schedule a guest, call into a recorded call-in line, just like when they were a guest on my podcast, and then hang up and everything else was done. So interestingly, two of the three immediately said yes, and the third said probably, and that third person also became a client. They asked me how much. I hadn't given it that much thought. I told them about $1,000 a month for one or two podcasts a month. So on the morning of February 9th, I had a hypothesis. And by that afternoon, I had a new business. Awesome. I love the capitalistic free enterprise system of the United States. So uh, my partner and I decided to name this new business Your Podcast Team, and the website is www.yourpodcast.team. So that's question one. Let's go to question two. Uh Dave. I know that you're a serial entrepreneur. Is this just another business or is there something special about the podcasting business? So that's a great question. Uh, Your podcast team is different than any other business I've ever started. And it's different for a couple of reasons. Of all the businesses I've started, it is the one about which... I knew the most technically and that is because it is based on my own experience of having had a podcast for the last several years. You know, I've learned the I've learned a lot of things made a lot of mistakes from do you having my own podcast. So I feel very qualified to guide other aspiring podcasters. So the other aspect of it is that I tell people all the time that doing podcast interviews is the most exciting, enjoyable and rewarding part of everything I do all week. And what I've discovered now that I've tried to help other people have their own podcast, that helping other people understand how amazing a podcast is and helping them get launched. It turns out that's even more satisfying than having a podcast myself. So This is more of a passion project, and I'm approaching it more as that of a craftsman. Okay, next question. Uh, Dave, I know that you started the podcasting business a few months ago. I'm just curious, how's it going? Well, thank you for asking, Jim. I appreciate that. So for now, my primary business, Export Advisors, will take up the majority of my time and will still be uh, the primary cash generator. I have no specific goals for the podcasting business, except that I want it to be cash flow positive. I've been a longtime client of Strategic Coach, i.e. the company that Dan Sullivan founded, and I'll be referencing Dan several times today. Uh... And through that strategic coach, I met a fellow classmate, Peter Diamandis, the famous author and speaker, founder of the XPRIZE. One of his theories is that creativity does not come from thinking outside the box. Rather, it comes from thinking inside of an arbitrarily created smaller box. Or said another way, constraints foster creativity. So one of my constraints was that my partner and I would never invest a single dollar into the business and it would be cash flow positive from day 1. And and that's because even though it's a passion project, I am a capitalist and I have made the mistake before of going into businesses dreaming too big making big bets financially and on employees and marketing. And sometimes I, uh, I got out ahead of my skis, as they say. And although those businesses all ultimately worked out okay, I came to realize that a more bootstrapping mentality made sense. And so because of that constraint, it fostered creativity with my partner and me. And so if we weren't going to invest a dollar, how was it going to be cash flow positive from day one? It's because for each new client, we charge a one-time $1,000 setup fee, and we collect that right up front. So it was the client setup fees that was the initial capital. And I'm pretty sure my clients are all aware of this. It wasn't something like we were trying to hide, but it was... It was a way of using our creativity to do that. And because of this approach, having a bootstrapping mindset has been amazingly interesting and freeing. I mean, face it, my partner and I could have each kicked in 10 or 20 grand and and had some big launch and, and, and that, but it wasn't the way I wanted to do this. And so because of this bootstrapping mindset, we've done some really interesting things. So, for example, up until last week, we used the free version of Zoom. Now, there were times that was a little uncomfortable when we would have a call with a client and several people and Zoom only allowed for a 40-minute call without upgrading. So, it forced us to keep the meeting short, keep it under 40 minutes. Or it forced us to, if we knew it was going to be a long meeting, you know check and see if the client had a uh paid for version of zoom so it was a really interesting exercise and it was a fun little challenge to to utilize the free version of zoom but finally last week we said hey look you know we're cash flow positive it only costs $150 a year and i'm tired of artificially constraining our client meetings And so we invested in the paid version of Zoom. Um, And then, okay, so that's that question. Then we go to a question from Steve. Hey, Dave, uh, it sounds like the podcasting business is off to a good start. How many clients do you have? Great question. Uh, We just passed 10 clients and 10,000 of, uh, and over 10,000 of monthly recurring revenue or over 100,000 of annual recurring revenue. Because this business has a subscription model, those are the metrics in a subscription business. Okay. Here is a question from Donna. Hey, Dave, what are your goals for growth of the podcasting business? That is a great question, and unlike every other business that I've ever started, I don't really have any goals from this business aside from being cash flow positive. Rather, I'm taking another page out of the Dan Sullivan toolbox. So, rather than imposing goals on the business and stress on the business, I'm simply asking, how far will it go? How big will the business get? So, rather than treating the business like I'm a dictator and I'm dictating uh, how fast it will grow and how much revenue we'll we'll have by a certain point in time, I've chosen to take a more hands-off approach and just recognize that um, the business will grow organically as people want to hire us. And, you know, the longer I've been in business, the more I understand that people don't do things for your reasons, they do them for for their own. So I mean, I suspect there are tens of thousands of people we could help. Uh, but I imagine our maximum client capacity will probably never be more than a hundred. And when we started off, we intentionally limited the business. To 10 clients to start with because we wanted to iterate as we went as we learned from each client and we have just opened up 10 more slots uh to take on 10 more clients how long will it take to fill those i have no idea we might have them all filled this month it may take two years to to fill them but that's okay um Additionally, when we launched, we started with a launch uh, pricing, and we'll be raising our prices uh, later this month for the clients who come on board after the uh, kind of launch uh, clients, because those launch clients took a chance on us when really all we had was an idea. Additionally, my partner and I love the concierge aspect of the business and being able to work hands-on with each client. And lastly, I personally listen to each episode that each client produces. I'm an avid podcast listener. I listen to probably 30 hours a week of podcasting while I do errands and chores and exercise. So I've got the capacity to uh, listen to those episodes. But if we get too large, I'll not be able to do this. And I really enjoy doing that. Okay, so this next question is I've gotten from a number of people. Okay, Dave, I understand why your podcast team was started. Why did you start the Podcasting Stories podcast? Is it connected to your podcast team? So, Podcasting Stories was started as a way to support your podcast team, but more importantly, to be a resource for people who are considering launching their first podcast. So, to serve that audience of people who are considering starting a podcast, our guests fall into one of three categories. They either, like the listener, are considering starting a podcast, or they are somebody who just recently started a podcast with our help, or people who've had a podcast for years. So the idea is that our audience can benefit from all three types. For the people considering having a podcast, We actually, the interview is me going through the scorecard with them, asking them questions, them asking me questions, brainstorming on strategy, guests, name of the podcast. So it's like a recorded live uh, consulting session. So the idea is that somebody else who's considering having a podcast might have a bunch of questions, but they don't necessarily want to uh, have a formal phone call with me or they maybe are concerned about sales pressure so it gives these people an opportunity to kind of vicariously explore a podcast through the eyes of someone else and then for people who've recently launched a podcast with our help uh, we'll check in with them and see how things are going and see what lessons they've learned things they wish they'd done differently and that also has value for our audience because they can kind of imagine where they might be in three to six months. And then the last type of guest are people who've had podcasts for years who have a lot to learn. I had a guest on recently, uh, Kyle from the AICPA, who's done over 500 podcasts over many years and was in broadcast radio. So he was a tremendous uh, resource. And the feedback I received from our listeners was that it was enormously helpful Uh, And to also imagine a bigger vision of actually doing a podcast for five or 10 years. So, again, podcasting stories was a way to support that. Um, Another interesting benefit that came from having the podcast tied to your podcast team is when someone reaches out to me and they're interested in becoming a client and they've taken the, the and they're interested, I tell them, well, hey, do this. Uh, complete our scorecard at yourpodcastscore.com and then we'll do an episode where we will review the podcast or your scorecard and we'll see how things shake, shake out and if you're a good candidate or not. And so, because the tagline of your podcast team is we're having your own podcast is as easy as being a guest on ours. So it lets people try it out before they buy. And what's been interesting about that is that it's been a great part of our sales process because what we've discovered is about mm, maybe one out of three people who are considering having a podcast with us uh, end up signing up virtually as soon as the interview is over. It gives them a sense of how the whole process works and they're ready to go. Now, the other two out of three who don't become a client, you know, since the business is new, Uh, I expect some of those will ultimately decide to become a client. So I really like that because it gives us a very transparent sales process. And I tell people right up front that, that, you know, we only have room for a handful of clients. The only question is who are going to fill each of those slots. We're not pushy. And basically the service sells itself. So when I find somebody interested, I tell them, Hey, here's the sales process. Take the scorecard. Uh, if it looks, the score looks decent and you're interested, be a guest on the show. It'll give you a sense of what it's like. I can answer all your questions. And then that'll give you the full information to decide if you want to be a guest or become a client. And I know historically that for every three guests that come on the show, one of them becomes a client. So it's, uh, it's a really fun process. And because my, Partner and I have other businesses, and we're not relying on this business to generate any income. It really is just liberating because I don't have any uh, goals I'm trying to hit. I don't need to feel like I'm, I need to, quote, close anybody. Uh, the thing just grows organically. Okay, let me get a drink of water before I go to the next question. Here's a question from Scott. Hey Dave, why are you so incredibly enthusiastic about podcasting? Scott, that's a great question. And I tell you, um, having a podcast is like having a superpower. And let me, let me tell you what I mean by that, or let me kind of back up. First of all, a podcast is the rarest form of online content. See, I think I have these numbers off the top of my head. As of a few months ago, there were about 60 billion with a B YouTube videos, about 2 billion websites. I think there were like 600 million blogs, but there's only about 2 million podcasts. But when you drill, you know, meaning shows, not episodes, but when you drill into that, the numbers are interesting 75% of those 2 million people have not published a new episode in the last 90 days of the 500,000 or so people who have published an episode. uh, Only about half of those have broken the mythical uh, 10 episode barrier. So as of March of 2021, there were only 377,000 podcasts on the Apple platform who had released an episode in the last 90 days and who have published more or released more than 10 episodes. So I tell our clients, or potential clients, what other online platform is as rare as a podcast? And you can be in the top 25% of the rarest form of content if you simply release one podcast episode a month for 10 months. So that's the first thing is podcasting is very rare. Uh, and to speak to that rarity, virtually, you know, 95% of the guests I've ever had on either podcast, it's their first time to ever be on a podcast. And it's amazing how flattered people are when you invite them to be on your podcast. It's as if, When you invite them to be on their podcast because they've never done it before, their brain has to associate it with something similar. And it's based on their response. It's almost like I said, uh, hey, Joe, I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm guest hosting the Tonight Show next week. Just curious, would you like to pop by for 10 minutes on uh, next Tuesday evening and be on the Tonight Show? The response is basically the same. People are just really... Uh, flattered that you're on the podcast. So that's one thing. Uh, The credibility it brings uh, is just amazing. Like with my original uh, IC disk business, Export Advisors, we specialize in a part of the tax code called an IC disk. And I have a book on the subject. I'm the only person I know that has a book on it. And I'm the only person who has a podcast on the subject. So It's a very niche business, but when I do become introduced to somebody who's never had a podcast or who's never had an IC disc and is learning about it, and I tell them and I give them a copy of my book and I mention that I have the only podcast on the subject, you can just see in their face the credibility opinion they have of me just rises exponentially because it's a niche area and they're looking for a specialist in that area and when i tell them uh you know we're the only company that does nothing but ic disc we manage more than anyone else i have a book on the subject and a podcast on the subject the response most people give me is okay like sold so you're my ic disc guy now the only question left is whether it makes sense for us so But a podcast works that way for anybody. And by the way, if you're interested in a book, the firm that we use, I'd be happy to introduce uh, to get a book done with very little of your time. But anyway, but when you have a podcast, you're the perceived expert. And in many niches, if if you have a small enough niche, it's very possible that no one else in that niche has a podcast. So as the famous marketer Dean Jackson talks about, is if you have a small enough community that's a niche enough, you can self-appoint yourself the mayor of that community. And so when you have a podcast on your niche and you're the only person that has a podcast on that niche, it really enhances your credibility. Um, It's also an amazing way to showcase a long-term client and then publicly thank them in front of the 8 billion potential listeners how much you value the relationship. I've got to tell you, it's one thing to have lunch with a client, pick up the tab, and at the end say, you know, hey, Paul, I just want you to know how much I really appreciate uh, uh, having the chance to serve you and uh, and that you've uh, been loyal for as long as you have. That's good. You should always be appreciative of your clients. But when you instead spend an hour or 45 minutes telling their life story, their business story, shining the spotlight on them in the most favorable way possible, and then you publicly thank them at the end of the episode, that'll be heard for 8 billion people, you'd be amazed at, at how that further uh, enhances the relationship. I had a guest once on my other podcast. He'd been a client for 10 years. I thought I knew everything about him. I learned so many things about him on that podcast interview and, and it really took our relationship to another level. And because face it, when else do you take somebody you've known a long time and do you have a setting where you spend an hour putting the spotlight on them? It would be kind of awkward in any setting other than a podcast. So that's a benefit. Um, and then one of the other cool things I've discovered is what I call the legacy aspect of it. Uh, there's a company called, I think it's called Legacy Box, and it's a really cool service that, like, you get for your, your parents or grandparents who, you know, aren't going to live for 40 more years. And you hire this company, and I don't know what they charge, a few thousand dollars, $10,000. They send out a video production crew. And they basically interview this person over many hours, get their life story, and then they edit it and turn it into the equivalent of like a movie that you then have for posterity's sake. Now, I think that's a great idea, but in the event that somebody doesn't get around to doing that, uh, their podcast episode can give them that. So this one gives me no financial benefit. But I've got to tell you, it's the most rewarding part. I had a client or a a guest who was or who is uh, an attorney uh, who's practiced for a long time, and his kids really have no idea what he does, and that this guy is really a rock star in his niche of the profession. And so he had mentioned that after the podcast aired, he'd mentioned it to his children and they listened to it and they told him afterwards that they finally understood what he did for a living. And and when they learned that he was a rock star in his profession, they had an even greater appreciation and respect for them. Another example, I had a client who sold their business and I was talking to them about it a few years later, telling that getting the whole story, it was really fun. And then I happened to see, uh, his children, uh, after it aired and I mentioned to them that his dad was an was a guest on the podcast. They didn't even know it. Their dad didn't even mention something. So the children listened to it and they listened to it with their children, with my client's grandchildren and they said they learned so much, the grandchildren learned so much about Papa in his stories, and they were so impressed that he uh he was famous because he was now in a podcast. So, like I think about this client, you know, at some point he's not gonna be around. I don't know if he's ever done a legacy box or if he ever does, but if he doesn't, this podcast episode will be around in perpetuity and his his grandchildren, his grandchildren's grandchildren, people he never meets will have the ability to hear his story. And so I've got to say that's probably been the most satisfying part of showcasing people I admire and appreciate on the podcast. Not only do I get to express my appreciation and admiration for them, I I am able to create a durable uh, one-hour story of their life and career okay so those are some of the reasons I'm enthusiastic about a podcast Uh, look at the time we should probably wrap up let's take one more question this one is from Sam so Dave how long do you plan to help people with podcasting well once again I'm gonna have to reference the famous Dan Sullivan from strategic coach here's what he suggests for a business strategy He says, uh, ask yourself a few questions. The first question is, who do you want to be a hero to? And then he suggests, ask yourself, in what way do you want to be a hero to that person? In what activity could you do for the next 25 years and never grow tired of it? So for me, the people I want to be a hero to are entrepreneurs and their advisors, Uh, pure and simple that's who i've served my whole career and all my businesses i believe that entrepreneurs are the lifeblood of our economy they are the true heroes of our economy and to the extent that i can can be quote a hero to them in some small fashion i'm honored for that opportunity so for me i plan to do it for at least 25 more years And I will help as many people as who want my help, who we have the capacity to serve. Now, podcasting in its current form will certainly evolve and there may not, and it may evolve to something different. So I'm using podcast kind of generically, but I do believe that no matter how it evolves, I believe that mankind since the beginning and for a long time to come, There will always be stories to be told and people who will want to tell them and people who want to listen. And to the extent that I can uh, help with that process, that's what I plan to do with the next 25 years. Some of my other businesses, things are, they're going to come and go. Uh, The IC disc business, you know, at some point the tax law will change, you know, that business will be uh, sunsetted. Uh, but this is the business that I'm the most excited about and doing really for as long as, uh, I continue to work. So, um, I feel a little self-conscious doing this as a monologue because, uh, it's not usually the format and I hope it did not come across as too self-serving or that I was too full of myself. That was not the intention, Uh, The intention was truly to answer the questions that I've been getting from many, many people in an efficient fashion, and I thought some of our listeners, even though it was a little different format, they would still get value from it. If you're considering starting a podcast, I would suggest you complete our scorecard at www.yourpodcastscore.com, or if you have any other questions, just shoot me a text or call my mobile 832-654-9889. Thanks for listening in, and I hope you get value from it. And there we have it, another great episode. Don't forget to check out the show notes at www.podcastingstories.com. This podcast is brought to you by your podcast team. If you have ever considered having your own podcast, Head over to www.yourpodcast.team to learn more about how they can help you. That's it for this episode. Have a great week and we'll talk to you next time.